Well, Luke's gospel is moving along at a pretty good pace already. We're only in the beginning of chapter 3. We have the birth stories of Jesus and John the Baptist, and then we have um, uh, Jesus as a 12-year-old that goes to Jerusalem with his parents and gets lost in the city. Well, he doesn't get lost. His parents think he is. And he's in the temple debating with the religious officials of the day. And then we finally come to where we are. There's a 20-year span between Jesus and the temple and where our story is picking up today. Look at your Bible. Luke chapter 3. Luke chapter 3, verse 7, verses 7 to 18. Listen to the word of the Lord. Now John said to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers! Who warns you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits worthy of repentance. Do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children of Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the foot of the tree. And every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit, it is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, What then should we do? In reply, he said to them, Whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none, and whoever has food must do likewise. Even tax collectors came to be baptized, and they asked him, Teacher, what should we do? And he said to them, Collect no more than the amount prescribed for you. Soldiers asked him, And we, what should we do? And Jesus said to them, Do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusation, and be satisfied with your wages. Now, as the people were filled with expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, the Anointed One. And John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water. But the one who comes after me is more powerful than I. I am not worthy to untie the thongs of his sandals. He will baptize you with Holy Spirit. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into the granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. And so with many other exhortations, John proclaimed the good news, the gospel, to the people. My friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God indeed. Now, if John were a member of Toastmasters, learning how to give a speech, he might be told the best way to get a crowd to turn on you in a hurry is to open up by calling them an epithet. You brood of vipers! He gets their attention. But he probably doesn't have their favor. 
But interestingly, the audience that John speaks to, interestingly, they receive John's words in the spirit in which they are given. John is in the form of an Old Testament prophet, the prophets that were before him. John, he isn't laying out a specific criticism to a person. John, like the Old Testament prophets, is speaking to a group of people. In this case, those coming to be baptized by him. But in a larger sense, the community of the Jewish people there. Like the prophets Isaiah, Zechariah, and Amos, and others, Luke has John as the prophet who announces that there needs to be change in the larger community or they will once again be taken into exile. And God, as God will do, will raise up a new generation of followers. You see, in the Old Testament, we see that God has done that before. And John is reminding, it, reminding them at the crucible of this history that God is about to do it again. Now, this is what all the talk about God raising up children of Abraham from the stones on the ground. Like the Jewish prophets before him, John was declaring there's a change of coming, folks. And you need to get back right with God. And you need to reclaim your identity as a Jewish people. Reclaim who you are. Reclaim your identity as the people of God. Now, Luke's story about John the Baptist is a little different from the other uh, Gospels in that they primarily focus on the water issues. Luke, however, Luke has John's content, of the message, message's content as the focus, not the baptism itself. This is a baptism of repentance. Where in the other Gospels, it's a baptism of water. The content of John's message is what gets attention in Luke. The community needs to hear what the fruits are that the community needs to display for the world to see that they are the people of God. In other words, let your fruit display who you are. So as you listen to the scripture, did you hear how the, the brood of vipers responded to John? Did you catch that? What did those brood of vipers say to John? With staccato rhythm, one after the other, each of these groups asked what? What then should we do? What then should we do? John's first answer to the general crowds of the Jewish community at that time, John declares that a fruit that displays a true turning back to God deals with the issues of justice. A community that reflects the fruit of God, the identity of God's character, is a community that expresses justice. He says, whoever has two coats, 
They must share with anyone that has none. And whoever has food must do likewise. Now, this was not a first century call to socialism as we think of it today. John's call was a reminder to the community as we as a people of God, that they have a moral obligation to take care of each other. He's not asking them to give up everything in order to show the fruits of repentance. He is simply saying, share what you have. Share what you have so that others in your community can experience it as well. pretty basic. If you have two coats, well, you live in South Florida. You don't even need one. But if you got two, give one away. You don't need it. If you have plenty of food to eat, then share with those who are hungry and are food insecure. Because it's a moral crime to throw out food when others have to dig through garbage cans in order to eat. You want to see what The community is supposed to look like it's supposed to be a community that demonstrates justice. Then there's the much maligned tax collectors that no one cares for. And they come up to Jesus. And what do they ask Jesus to? Then what should we do? John replies, collect no more than what is prescribed for you. You see, tax collectors in those days were contracted out by the political officials to gather revenue for the state, so to speak. The problem was, it was an unregulated business. So if you were a tax collector, if you were a tax collector, in a certain area or responsible for a certain cause, you as a tax collector would prepay the people's tax ahead of time. You would prepay the tax ahead of time. And then when you went out to the people, you would get your money back. You would get your money back. Um, They would pay you back for the service you rendered. So imagine the Broward County tax assessor. Let's make it real. The Broward County tax assessor comes in and says, I just paid $3 million for new sewage lines to run through Fort Lauderdale so we don't have sewage in the streets. I'm going to demand from you $6 million in taxes. And what what would you do? It costs three, you're demanding six? Wait a minute, there's a gap. You can't do that. And the tax assessor would simply reply to you and me, well, you know, life is full of these little hardships, isn't it? You owe me six million. If not, you're going to jail. You choose. Back in John's day, Tax assessors were not very well liked for that reason. They would be 
shaken down the people for all the money they could get. John is asking them, practice ethics. Practice basic ethics. Quit shaking people down for money. Practice good ethics. Because if we can't practice those ethics in our own community, how are we going to get along in the larger world? Community practice ethics. And then a third group that comes to John is a group of soldiers. And they approach John and they say, what should we do? There it is again. John replies, do not extort money from anyone with threats or false accusation. Be content with your wages. Now, these men were not the Roman legions that we often read about in the New Testament and Scripture. Rather, they were most likely Jewish um, citizens who were hired as a local peacekeeping force. Think first century police. Unfortunately, these forces would act like mob bosses. And they would go and extort money from people in order to get graft. You want to be protected? Give me a little extra under the table. The common person on the street was mistrustful of those soldiers at best. They were scared of them at worst. John is simply saying, soldiers, do your appointed job and be content with the wages you have. It's all so simple. For us to display fruits of righteousness, it's so, so simple. Here's rocket science, folks. The fruits can be boiled down to this. Share. Be fair. Be content. Pretty tough, isn't it? Share, be fair, be content. That's pretty basic. The fruits of repentance do not mean living a perfectly squeaky clean life. The fruits of repentance do not require you or me to quit our jobs and join a monastery. The fruits of repentance do not dictate what we have to wear, what kind of clothes we have to wear, what kind of underwear we got to wear doesn't do any of that. The fruits of repentance are basic. Share, be fair, be content with what you have. John is telling the people who claim they are followers of the Lord Almighty, the Jewish people, Listen, in order for us to be a community in the world that's going to make a difference, we have to share with each other, be fair with each other, and be content with the provisions we've got. Now, we think that is so basic. 
That is so simple. It's almost childish. And I would say, amen. What do you think we're trying to teach the kids at Happy Land? Share. (laughs) Share, right? Be fair with each other and be content with what you have. Kids learn it at a young age. But what happens when we get older? We don't share. We hoard. We don't want to be fair. We want what's best for me. Content? Oh, no. Driver, driven to be bigger, better, badder, whatever. It's always a drive for more. It's never enough. We forget that those attitudes do not reflect the fruits of repentance that are radiated from the community of God. You know, this morning, we baptized that beautiful little girl. And as a community, you made promises to her, her mama and daddy. And you promised to teach her the doctrines of our church, of the faith. You promised to do something for this little girl. John is demanding that you and I, if we are followers of Jesus in community together, we need to teach little Charlotte to share, to be fair, to be content with what she has. Yeah. Imagine, imagine the woman she will grow up to be if she just learns those basic things. Wow. Imagine if all of us as adults went back to happy land and relearned those fruits of repentance. Columnist David Brooks wrote, quote, Some of the wisdom passed down through the ages is transmitted through books or sermons. But most everything happens by habituation. We are formed within families, within churches, within communities, schools, and professional societies. He says each institution has its own story, its own standards of excellence, its own ways of doing things. So, for example, when you join the Marines, you just don't learn how to shoot a rifle. You absorb the entire ethos that will help you complete the tasks and will confront and mold you into a certain sort of person that is fierce against foes, loyal to friends, faithful to the core. Beloved, when we embrace Jesus as Doug and Adam reprofess today, we don't just learn how to quote Bible verses. 
we absorb the entire ethos of this Christian community that will help us complete the tasks and will confront and mold us into a certain sort of person. We share with others. We are fair to others. We are content with what God has blessed us with. That, my friends, is the foundation for a transformed life. That, my friends, is how we live into our Christian identity. So, as we make our way to Christmas amidst all the preparations, let all of us examine the health of the fruits of our transformed life. Let all of us reflect upon the identity of Jesus we are sharing with the world and all of God's people said. Lord God, we give you thanks. We often hear of John the Baptist and we start getting squirmy. But Lord, it was good news, as Scripture says. John was laying down the pavers for Jesus, the Messiah, to come. And Lord, what a wonderful thing that was. It was good news. And those brood of vipers even heard it as such. They wanted to be faithful in community. Oh Lord, send your spirit. Let us get that happy land attitude again. Let us share. Let us be fair. Help us to be content. In the powerful name of Jesus, I pray, amen. Let's stand and sing with joy.